Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. So we're jumping on this morning to give an update to all of our friends and investors about the properties we've purchased. Um, but we also want to uh, provide some value and think big. And uh, there, I don't know, you, you sent out a text message yesterday that was pretty darn exciting. And um, I mean, we've been watching this happen all year, but it was... Uh, Third quarter reports, we we saw some numbers that we were pretty excited about just for the Meadow Creek property. It's it's happening across the board, but these are just Meadow Creek numbers. Do you want to go over those? Across the board, and this is uh, partly due to inflation, partly due to just everything that we've, we've been doing and preparing for the last year, and the execution, most importantly, of, of MFI and, and of our managers. Um, the rents across the board are anywhere from 20 to 30% per unit every time we turn a unit. And I wanna make sure everybody understands that. So somebody leaves or gets evicted, we either don't do any work to the unit or we do some work to the unit. And that unit goes from, for example, $800 to you know, $1,025. It's quite significant. Great news is, is that we're actually, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, we're ahead of, of our model, our budget on the rents. And we're under budget for the most part on the renovation costs, the CapEx. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's the really exciting point. Uh, yeah, part. So, so, yeah. so when you think of it, actually, when you put those two together, you're way ahead. Mm-hmm. Because it would be one thing if we were over, um, I don't want to say over budget, but if we were ahead on the rents, but also over budget on the, uh, on the renovation when you put the two together, it's a double whammy in a good way. Yeah. I mean, we're getting way more revenue per dollar spent than we had budgeted. And, and, you know, we all have always told people, you and I have told people we're being conservative, yeah. you know, we're leaving some wiggle room. Always. Um, and, and you know what it's been, that property has been challenging. It's been challenging because of COVID people taking advantage saying they've been affected by COVID when they're working under the table and just, they just don't want to pay rent. So even with one of our most challenging properties, we're doing fantastic and um, seeing some great rent gains. So, you know, if we're getting an extra $200 per month, and this is the other part of your text that you sent out after our meeting that I really liked, that was a a great point. You know, that's $200 times 127 units on that property. 128. 27. Did we add a unit? I don't know. <laughs> I thought, you know, my mea culpa. I thought I'm glad you glad you mentioned that. I thought it was 128. Okay, good. I think, well, I think one of them's the the model. So it's either oh, one yes, yes, or 128. Yes. Yeah, so yes. that's twenty five thousand four hundred a month more that we're making. Times well, the, the possibility, the possibility of because we're not not all the units are turning at once, but yeah, yes. So so when we finish this remodel, that's three hundred thousand more per year we're right. making on this property. And that's just in the first 18 months. So right. 
that's the power of value add multifamily is you find the right deal that has the right amount of upside and you within 18 months maybe maybe as much as two years you're increasing revenue by a huge amount now, here's the great news also that particular property that's like buying dallas is is becoming the the san francisco the silicon valley the uh whatever you want to call it, the manhattan of of um these kind of markets are are becoming so extraordinarily hot that you can't always bet on appreciation on rents you're you're also you, sometimes you're, you're going more for appreciation of the property which we do not do we never ever 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 buy properties just to bet on appreciation. So because of that, also, you have a little more delinquency in that market than you have in other markets. And so, yes, we are we are pleased as punch that not only are we getting massive appreciation on the property, the equity itself, because we have a, right now, and some of you know, some of you don't know, we have a person right now that wants to write a, a letter of um, an LOI, a letter of interest, to buy that property, we're not going to sell it, but they're offering. They're going to be offering us one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars a door. We bought the property for one hundred and thirteen, one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars a door. So that's a two point eight million dollar rise in equity on paper in what eleven months. So again, that speaks to location. That speaks to the way we buy in major metropolitan markets. We do not buy in tertiary markets. In other words, we don't buy in markets where you know it's. 60 miles outside of 30, 60 miles outside of that market. We buy right in the most, the best markets, uh, in the best locations. And that's when you see that kind of appreciation, which yep. we appreciate. We love it. I mean, and, and that's the end, end goal is if we can lock in 15% plus IRR per year, that's amazing. And add tax write-offs to that, that you, you can't beat that in any other investment with how conservative these deals are. I mean, we put 40% down on this property. It could be 38% vacant and still break even. And so I'm loving this Dallas property. Let's quickly, Michael, if, if you think of anything as I do this update for these other properties, just feel free to chime in. I wanted to go through property by property though, and let people know where we're at. So in Albuquerque, we are gearing up to get ready to, um, to submit financials uh, or start submitting financials to the bank um, in second quarter of 2022 so that we can refinance uh, in October of 2022. Because of the rent jumps and increases, which are even more dramatic than Dallas, uh, we will be able to refinance possibly more than 100% of our money which means not only are we getting an infinite return when we get all of our money out and give that back to our investors, but we're probably going to pull out more and, and give you a little bit more than that and uh, hold that thing forever. So it's uh, my least favorite property because of the tenant base. Albuquerque is just a kind of a rough market, but it will be our biggest uh, have, it'll be a property with the biggest gains by far. So we bought really well there. Um, to give people an example, uh, we bought that for thirty thousand a door. Properties are selling for seventy-eight thousand a door wow. in the area. Incredible, so, uh, not too bad. So um, let's go to Tampa. Tampa's eighteen doors, a little duplex community. Um, basically the same thing. It hasn't been cash flowing really well, but as we remodel units, rents are jumping by two and three hundred dollars. Um, 
So same idea in about 18 months, we'll be able to refinance, hopefully 100 to 110% of our money out of that deal and get another infinite return. As far as Cincinnati goes, 282 doors, many of you are in that property. It's going very well. Rolling rehab, those are a lot, that's a lot of units to rehab, close to three hospitals. It's going very well. 8% returns um, plus and refinancing, hopefully 50 to 75% of our money out in the next 18 months. Um, and then let's go to Cleveland number one. This, this is my favorite location by far. So we're a mile and a half from the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, just like Dallas, actually better than Dallas, we are able to, we've been able to turn units and not really do anything to them in some cases because the demand is so high. You have doctors and nurses that just need to move in, medical students that just need to move in. So in some cases, we've done nothing to the units and still gotten the rent, rent increases. Now we just bought two more properties there, another 15-door unit and another 187-door uh, portfolio. And we're doing the same exact um, improvements, although those units are a little bit um, a little bit more outdated. So they're going to cost a little bit more money. Um, the larger unit, Fairmount 4 is what we call it, will start cash flowing March, April, hopefully, maybe as much as June. We're um, doing quite a few evictions and um, remodeling a number of them all at once. Um, so that's a heavier lift. That's a bigger project. But the, the fun thing that Michael, um, Nadia and, and Jason and I and Lyndon were talking about, I don't remember if you were on that call. Um, if we do luxury units, instead of getting three and $400 rent bumps, we may be able to double the rent from 750 average to 1500 on some of the units. Right. Um, Demand so, is there. Yeah. Spend a couple extra thousand bucks. And so uh, amazing purchase. We closed that um, less than a month ago, maybe a month ago. I don't know. Time's been flying by um, and uh, it's going fantastic. We, we love that property. Here's the beautiful thing. We just closed on another 310 doors in El Paso. The property's sexier than, than Desert Peaks. It's a B-class. Um, mature trees, just beautiful. It's like a little oasis in the El Paso desert. Um, we knew we could crush it on Terrace Hill, this new property, because despite our management challenges in Desert Peaks, we've done fantastic. We've been getting those same $150 to $200 rent gains in a less nice looking property that's C-class, true C-class. And uh, so it was really easy for us to do the underwriting. Michael, you and I flew out there right after the Mike Ferry retreat in July. And it was like five minutes and we're like, okay, yeah, we want to buy it. Because it, it's easy to see how nice an asset it is as soon as you drive up. You see the mature trees, the nice management signs. It's a nice place to live in a really good part of town. Can I say something? Can I say something? I, pardon me, this is this is really, really, really important. People get this. Um, we buy for scale. Uh, why do we own 400 units right next to the Cleveland Clinic? Why do we own 500 units within five minutes in CMB areas in El Paso. Because now, and Sam just hit it. Now, you said it, Sam, we knew what we were buying as soon as we walked on the property. How do we know that? Because we own 160 units five or six minutes away. And that is the power of scale. And that's why we buy these properties in, in near locations so we can start to control 
the market, control the rents, control the expenses. Um, and that that is a huge impetus and why we do what we do. So pardon me for interrupting, but I wanted to just uh, touch on that. Great point. Um, I think that's all the properties I wanted to go over. Do we have any questions from anyone? Sam, quick question on the uh, Terrace Hill property. Uh-huh. Um, so I, what's for the exit timeframe, I think in your OM, you said three to six years or something like that. Right. Uh, why is it so short? compared you know, to some of the other ones that are like 10 years. Yeah, we've we've kind of realized um, that we want our investors to compound their investments as fast as possible. And, and we realized that's always been our goal. We just weren't putting that on our OMs. So that's kind of a communication error on our part. It's always been our goal to either refinance or sell in years three to five or three to six. As, as fast as we can, because the law of diminishing returns says if you've made all this equity, you have all these gains sitting in the property, well, they're not doing anything for you. And so as, a, as our investor, we want Paul Shaw to be able to take this money he's made and go redeploy it, because that's what you know the wealthy, sophisticated, um, multi-millionaire, billionaire investors do, is as soon as they have gained money, they pull it out either through a sell a sale or a refi. Um, we would love to hold this property 10, 15 years. It's, it is one of, in my opinion, the best affordable property in El Paso that you could possibly buy. Paul, uh, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I was just going to say, so So it, in year two and a half, we will start the refi process. If it looks like we can get it, all of your money out or almost all of your money out, we'll refi and hold it long term. Um, depending on loan terms and, and rates, if we can't do that, then we're going to sell it, say goodbye to a beautiful property and, and move on to something in the $50 million range. So right. that's, that's the reason for it for the shorter hold time is we would love to hold it long term in 10 years. But um, we want to make sure you guys understand we, for your own interest, we need to, to let go of it or refi it as soon as possible. Yeah, Paul. So we don't know what's going to happen in 2024, 2025 with interest rates. If we have done our job properly and we've got these, these the, the nice rent increases we have, now the property is not worth 27 million, we bought it at, now it's worth 35 or 40 million. Uh, but interest rates are at, at six and 7% versus 4% where we're locked in now, then yes, we might pull the trigger and say, you know what, we've made our money like Blackstone, like Goldman, like Carlisle, like Grant Cardone, we've made our, our you know, 30, 40, 70% on our money. We're going to take that money and we're going to flip it now into a 50, $60 million monster property or properties somewhere else. Yep. Because the environment for, for lending has changed. So that's why I'm constantly looking at prices of oil, the cost of money, uh, inflation, all that stuff I'm looking at every single day. I'm looking at the markets. To, to gauge and see, to look at the road ahead a week, a month, a quarter, uh, semi-annually, annually, so we can start to prepare. So we're looking at this every single day. Yep. And we have Thank in you. the underwriting um, a higher rate, you know, so we can still pull it off if rates go up. Just depends on how high they go. Um, right. Let's see. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know, our rate on that property is 3.18. So um, it's kind of fun to say. Any other questions? What, one more question. 
Uh, just in general, like on calculating your returns that you project. Okay. Uh, so I, I think I saw in one of your emails, um, the, I don't know if it was El Paso or Cleveland, it's not going to start paying out until for six to nine months. Right. 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 So when you calculate the returns, the overall, either whether it be the overall returns or do you, do you take into account that period of time where there are no returns when you look at the overall returns or do you start calculating when you're fully stabilized? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, that's what IRR is. And so at the end of the day, you know, we're giving projections 17 to 19%, or excuse me, that's El Paso. Um, I think it was 14 to 17% on Cleveland. Because yeah, I mean, if it's if it's six months till we start cash flowing or versus nine or 10 months, it, that'll affect the IRR. Um, so yeah, when we sell the property and, and that's how IRR is determined is you have a sale, you figure out how much money you made, how much you cash flow to add it all together based on the time period you held it. Um, so yeah, we'll be in the 14 to 17% range depending on how much it increases in value. But absolutely, you would calculate... Um, from the day you close because that's the time you put your money in right right yeah it's from the day you put your money in and that's how irr is is calculated and and so for the preferred return does that accrual accrued over it, those it, periods that are not being paid no out? no that's we specifically did that because it's such a heavy lift if we did that that would put our cash flow really far oh. behind on this property so irr and everything and returns will be calculated from day one um, preferred return will start calculating um, the day we choose. And when we're looking at the numbers based on vacancies, okay, we can comfortably start paying that preferred return based on um, our business plan and how well we're executing. We gave ourselves that wiggle room again, because there's so many units to remodel. Um, we needed, you know, it, it's, it's a heavy lift. There's a ton to do on that property. So normally um, like, let's say El Paso, um, yeah, we're going to start accruing in two to three months, you know, and, and let's say we bought a class B plus or an A minus, you start accruing day one because they're probably 98% occupied. There's not much to remodel. And yeah, you start accruing immediately. Um, just we do different business plans based on on e each property. So, but good questions, Paul. Thank you. Thank Paul, you so much. Paul, uh, do we have a, a minute? Sam, we have to go. Yeah. Paul, the Cleveland deal the second Cleveland deal is different than any other deal we bought. It's like the Cleveland deal is we normally buy properties where we are dealing with teenagers. We have to clean them up a little bit, make them into adults and they're full fledged adults that we go on and, and they're, it's beautiful. Um, the Cleveland deal we bought as you have an infant and the infant needs a lot of attention and it's just starting to walk just starting, can't feed itself, can't do anything. So some owners would have said, we're going to start, you know, distributing immediately and blah, blah, blah. We don't, we didn't want to do that. We told everybody up front, this is an extreme, this is like a development deal, very similar to it. Uh, it can, it can do well on its own, but um, we're not going to distribute because if we did too much, then we would put, we would threaten everything. It's just not worth it. So we told everybody right up front, it's going to be a minimum six to nine months before the baby can walk, before the baby can talk, before the baby can do these things that we can leave it in a room where it doesn't burn itself to death. And um, bad analogy, but uh, that's the only one I could, I, I'm trying to be extremely clear about this. That's what Cleveland is. 
incredible deal, $71,000 a door, right next to the Cleveland Clinic, literally amongst the other buildings we own. One of the most satisfying things, Paul, is to walk into a beautiful leafy neighborhood and you say, you walk around, you say, I own that building, that building, that building, that building. And Sam knows. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting tingles. It's, um, well, especially in a market where average incomes 30, 40,000 and, and our locations 80,000. We're literally double the average income of the rest of Cleveland. Right. And, and Paul, just specific numbers on that property. We're looking to go from an average rent of seven, seven fifty to twelve hundred in some cases. Um, it's a really good property, fully occupied. I mean, we we barely have any vacancy. I think we have out of 187 doors, we have like nine or 10 vacancies right now. So it's 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 operating, but they're 30 and in some cases. 40-year-old units on the inside. There are 70, 80-year-old buildings, beautiful, gorgeous brick buildings, but they're really, really old on the inside. And we're digging in. They have commercial toilets. We have to put in, we have to shut off the water, the whole property in some cases to put in um, shutoff valves for the toilets. I mean, um, really interesting things that we're doing. Um, Really good property, huge amount of upside on this property, huge amount. But the upside's there because it hasn't been touched in 20, 30, in some case, 40 years on the inside. Thank you. Anyway, wanted to make sure you were clear on that. Um, can I ask a couple of questions? Is there Absolutely. time? <laughs> uh, when you say that you're increasing the rent, are we? Are, are you sure that in, in that market, people are able to afford, like, what's the maximum? Because every city, every metropolitan area has its own so this goes back to scale this goes back to scale the reason why great question how do we know okay that's the whole point we know because we already own okay these buildings amongst other buildings we already know because we're already raising the rents in these buildings and that's why scale is so important that's why we don't buy duplexes and tenplexes where you have no control you're your little aunt we are the second biggest landlord uh, right next to the second best hospital in the world. There's power in that. That's control. That's scale. That's knowledge. That's how we know. Same thing with the El Paso property. How do we know Sam and I drive up? This is, this is the conversation. We're driving from, from Desert Peaks. Sam says to me, Linda, hey, I want to stop this other property and take a look at it. It was no more than that. We drive in and it was like in the Wizard of Oz, ah, right? All of a sudden, we know we have to own this. It's just a matter of how we're going to pull it off because we were competing with Wall Street, hedge funds, much bigger players than ourselves. Monster property. How are we going to do this? All we know is we know exactly what this is. We know exactly what needs to be done. We know exactly how much we have to pay. We know exactly the team to put in place. How do we know that? Because we're already there. Uh, oh, yeah, great point, Michael. Um, so if we weren't already there, Matab, because this is a really important question, yeah. passed up on many deals yeah. where we jump into the numbers. I mean, we're nerdy, you know, in a good way. We get really nerdy with things. We look at the average income for the area. So we passed up a similar deal to the Cleveland deal in Atlanta. And the broker, you know, I loved own it in Atlanta. Um, the broker was pushing it hard. The numbers looked really good until we looked at average income, which was like twenty-eight thousand a year. And so, if I'm trying to push rents from eight hundred to twelve hundred, which is what 
you know, it looked like you could possibly do, but in that neighborhood within, it was like a one and a half mile radius. The, um, the average income was extremely low. Crime was high. And we went out a little bit further and it, it actually dropped to like 24,000. And so my answer to the, the broker and why we passed it up is, is that's a, that's a terrible business plan. Why would I, I don't have any amount of confidence that a, the people are even going to pay rent and they're never going to be able to afford 1200 a month. Whereas in Cleveland Heights, our average income is 80,000 a year. And it's, it's amazing. Their average credit score is 730. And so the research, and, and that's why we bought the first property there in Cleveland Heights is we saw those numbers, we saw the upside and we said, these people can afford more than what we're doing. They can afford 17, 18, 1900, $100 a month. Can um, I make a comment on that, Sam? Oh, sure. This is Linda. There's, act- there's actually other units being built right now that are being filled they're paying 2200 2500 they're newer units but they're actually getting that so we're going to be a thousand bucks cheaper and our units are almost double the size yep. so that's another fact sorry I wanted to jump thanks london yeah i mean so that's the that's that's amazing and and same thing with el paso there's properties getting more um they're, maybe they're a tiny bit nicer but what we love is being uh, the nicest affordable property around. So it's a nice place to live, but still affordable. That's exactly what we're accomplishing in Cleveland, El Paso, Dallas, when we get things painted and, and remodeled. Um, that's basically our business plan across the board. So short short answer, we do the research. It, it's not hard to find the data. And that's something pe- that people don't do. And I've passed up on a lot of deals this year that people bring to me. And I'm like, guys, I, the business plan looks amazing, but it's not real. You're never going to get those rent bumps because look at the average income. Look at the average credit score and, and, and the average crime in, in the area. These are not the type of tenants you want. And so what we're focusing on is the type of tenant, the average credit score, income, what job. Yeah, it's, called, like it's, called, it's called high barrier of entry, guys. We are looking for a high barrier of entry. What does that mean? That means when we go into a city... We want to make sure that the income is there. The average house, they can't just, a uh, developer can't just come in and, and build another thousand apartments right next to us and, uh, you know, take us out as far as uh, value. We're looking for average prices of homes in the neighborhood that are that are relatively high compared to the rest of the country. That's called a moat. That's what Warren Buffett calls the moat or the high barrier of entry. Also, also path of progress. That's where everybody's going. So you can't just come in. Nobody can just come in and easily buy a house or easily rent an apartment for $500. That's um, That's why we're not in Memphis. You you can buy a house for $80,000 and why would they rent from us? us? So we've got to get going here, guys. We've taken a bit of your time, but um, any other questions before we finish up? Initial investment that as an investor, I come in or anyone who comes in, you've taken into consideration all the the expenses and renovations that you're also projecting to mm-hmm. do, I'm assuming. Right. Okay, great. Yeah, so so when we send out these projections, you know, the email you got from me that says in El Paso, 7% year one, that's based on not only our projections, but projections from our property manager, the previous owner, the data that they gave us. And we've extrapolated that out on a profit and loss statement from year for year one, two, and all the way through year 10 saying, 
what is a realistic profit or income number? What is a realistic expense number? The, the loan, everything, how we pay ourselves, um, a, a fund, you know, a, an, a, an amount that we're funding for wiggle room for our peace of mind fund that just goes for future projects, CapEx. And after all of that, what can we deliver to you guys? And so, yeah, when we do those projections, all of that's included. Okay, great. And one last question. In Canada, when you sell, we have what we call a capital gain that you pay on the profit. I don't know if in the States you have. We have capital gains as well. You have capital gains in there. Okay. All right. So so the nice thing about these properties is you invest $100,000 in in, uh, El Paso. Typically, you're going to get fifty, sixty thousand back in the first two years as passive losses. Um, so we'll we'll give that to you on on a K one that you give to your accountant. And so when we sell this property, we'll reinvest in a new property. You'll have some gains, but hopefully some fantastic losses generated from that new property we buy as well. And that's what these uber wealthy investors do. It's just a revolving, you know, a business model of sell, create gains buy a new property, create losses, use those losses to offset the gains, do it again in two to three years. And so that's our business plan as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, um, we'll continue doing our audits. Um, We've done them with a number of you, but we want to make sure like David, I think we still have to do yours. Paul, I don't remember who's done yours, but um, basically we have our online system, our our website that tracks distributions, tracks your investments. We are doing our own just to make sure that we're accurate. And we're going to add in there the the day that you were sent a distribution, how much you have in each deal. And we're going to have you compare that with your uh, bank account statements. And um, we just want to get through that through the for the um, by the end of the year with everyone to make sure that we're accurate and um, you know haven't made mistakes. If we have, we want to make sure we get you your money. And um, anyways, just want to say thank you guys. We're excited to be moving forward on these properties and um, have a good weekend. 